0: and pledge a monthly contribution, even just $2 a month, would be a huge encouragement. Hi, this is Mad Beef, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. I'm Mikey Lynch, and in this episode, I chat with uh, former Australian Vert champion, Sessa Mora, about um, uh, the skating and the contribution of Arlo Eisenberg to rollerblading. In the 1990s and early 2000s, um, and about comments that that come up from time to time about uh, his detractors, people who say he had a negative contribution. I hope you enjoy. Yonks ago now, you sort of posted up some comments you know, expressing your appreciation for Arlo Eisenberg um, on Instagram, and I Mr. thought oh, Arlo. it'd be cool to bring that up because some people know heaps about him and his influence. Some people – I've seen occasionally pop up like these sort of snarky comments on forums and stuff where people say, "Ah, oh, he's the guy that got kicked out of the X Games, like really dismissive stuff about him. Um, he's and, the uh,
1: guy – is that what they've been saying?
0: That, I've seen that being said by people, yeah. Um, and by so who? I, By these new – Just on forums and stuff, like through the – Keyboard warrior kids. Yeah. <laughs> so any, wanna, anyone that, talk anyone, to us about Arlo, man. Because
1: anyone that was around back in the day when it was when he was there – would never say anything like that. <laughs> this is what pisses me off. These, yeah. I'm not gonna say these kids, but these people that weren't around. These they, they jump in now because of social media, and they just hear you say, "Oh, I love this, I love that." How can you, mate? That what that guy did for our sport? Let me tell you. When we had meetings, when we had um, situations that needed to be taken, he was in there batting for us more, more than anyone else. In meetings, like I'm talking about corporate meetings. He was he, he he went into into he was in a skateboard magazine. How many rollerbladers have done interviews profiles in skateboard magazines where he's copied from the skateboard interviews and he's given it back, right? He, you know the you know the guy from you know Jackass, those yeah. guys from you know the dwarf or whatever they're called now, small small yeah. people. He he grabbed him. He said something about rollerbladers at an event. Arlo grabbed him from the head and threw him in the back of a Ute. Like this is no, I'm 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 being serious. Yeah, he stuck up for our sport and did it in such an eloquent way. He, this makes me mad. Like it really does make me mad because ah, <laughs> because he he ah, he just does a lot of stuff behind the scenes for skating that yep. he doesn't brag about, that he doesn't talk about, that he doesn't promote himself for. Do you know what I mean? Yep. this is this is Arlo. Like, this is what he does. He just did it. He just did it because it was for our sport. He went on there and he commentated for our sport. Yeah, you know, he won an X Games. He doesn't go around. And get, oh, I'm I'm a, I'm an X Games champ. He, I, I know he's proud that he won an X Games, but he doesn't hang his hat on that. Yep. When he stopped skating, when 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 people like, I'm sure he he'd admit this as well. People got to his level and then overtook him. Whatever. He didn't just leave the sport bitter and say ah oh, stuff. this i can't do this what did he do he became a he didn't own senate but he was part of senate created senate he got on the microphone with espn and when you're on the microphone you have a lot of power yeah you're, you have a lot of power to promote skaters to promote what we're doing to help the dumb public understand the technicalities of our sport he got on there and he was promoting inline that's what you do you're getting a paycheck, but you're getting you're on there promoting inline to the world. ESPN goes everywhere. Everywhere. Like I said, I've been to little villages in Colombia. They had three channels on the TV. One of them was a soccer channel, the other one was ESPN. And they all knew who we were. And they know Arlo. Through the good and the bad. When I say bad I mean Arlo's a mixed character. He's a, he's a he's a rebel. He's, he's a rebel, strong character, strong beliefs, very smart guy. But he's also and, – and, and, and he used to have like the hawk chops. He used to have the horns in his hair, the mohawk, whatever. He looked like a, he's an odd-looking character. But then you talk to him. He's one of the sweetest, nicest guys you're ever going to meet. And you can sit down and have a skating debate with him or you can sit down and have a political debate with him. Yep, He's very smart. He's also an artist. He's a good drawer, he's a graphic designer, he's a, he's, a, he's an artistic thinking person. So he's like a, he, you don't know how to take him because he's, he's a bit of everything, right? And so, so people
0: see that, right? And they see um, that kind of flair and flourish and hairdos and fast talking and, you know, Senate had all sorts of, um, you know, it was, a, again, a, like a kind of punk rock company in the sense that it just, did things to get a reaction and see what happened and whatever, and so I yep. think some people draw conclusions from all that and they go, well, what he's he's up himself, he's um, he's uh, yeah, right. turns rollerblading into being clowns and punks rather than being serious. All you know, all, all people can kind of draw conclusions right about someone's um, kind of personality and then draw conclusions about their heart.
1: Personality, that. personality. That's yep. that's the word right there that yes. you just said. Yeah, back then, back then. Skating had personality. Skating had personality that kids identified with. Whether it was good or bad, it doesn't matter. Uh, Arlo was known for this. B Harden was known for that. Chris Edwards was was known for that. B Smith was known for it. It didn't matter. We had celebrity. We had personalities. And they were funny. And they made videos. And Arlo was the rebel. And he was the the, the ultimate street skater. Everyone wanted to be like Arlo at one point. You yeah. know, and and with the whole Senate thing, Arlo is a very he he likes to get reaction from people. So he, he he'll just put something out there to start a debate and get a reaction. When he he did these shirts and he did on the back of the Senate shirts he wrote Kill all girls or something like oh, that. Yeah, and the
0: little tags like where the kind of washing yeah. instructions are and stuff, it's kinda of hidden yeah. there. Yep. Yeah, destroy okay. all girls and or something.
1: Something like that. Destroy yeah, destroy it. Nothing I would have done myself, no. but he did that because that's he's search, searching for a reaction. Do you know that went – that got rollerblading in Senate all over the news in primetime news in America on every channel? Yeah. And business for Senate went up. So he's pretty smart. He's, he's a very smart guy. I've traveled with him. I've traveled to South America, Colombia. I've traveled around the States with him. We were on roasts together. The guy would never backstab you. He always had you back. He had skating's back always. He was really nice. He's really quiet. Sometimes shy. I, I mean, hard to believe.
0: But often people who are big in public are like that. Hey, like they put it all out there when they're on the platform, and so then afterwards they, you know, kind of retreat back into their um, their cave a bit. I think that's that's a pretty common thing, right?
1: Yeah, he's just happy to sit back and watch people do their thing. And so, then... what do
0: people need to understand if you're? Um like again the keyboard warrior or even just the person who doesn't know what to think right who just, just sees random comments flying around um what do people need to understand about what you're dealing with at that level right because people look in and go oh if i was you know if i was back then i would why didn't they just do this what you know what what were you guys dealing with at that point when uh rollerblading's f- roll in the x games and roll in that kind of big money action sports was beginning to become under question what what were the pressures what were the what was the reality of what the the grown-ups in the room had to deal with
1: okay the reality the reality is that by the time arlo got kicked out of espn or whatever we were done anyway i think street skating was already gone from the x games it was just skating left and we were done we were done behind the scenes we were done uh ESPN had a much bigger attachment with skateboarding and bike riding plus bringing new sports in than they did with us. Uh, We had – this is coming from people from ESPN that I knew well, okay? Yep. We had street skaters who wouldn't do interviews on the street course because they just –
0: Too tough, too cool. Yep. Um, And that's, that's just pausing on that. That's the thing that does show you that the kind of within all the kind of personality of an Arlo, there still is a willingness to go, I'm a professional and I've got to turn it on for the camera. It's not like he wasn't the rebel and as a result wasn't willing to talk to the camera articulately, but he was going, yeah, I've got the rebel personality, but also I get the fact that where the camera's on, I've got to do what people need me to do. That's right. Rather yeah, than people, yeah, I'm yeah. such a rebel that I'm actually going to spit in the face of the people who are paying for me and broadcasting me to be there, I'm going to then go. Oh, I don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, because um, I'm not. Now I'm not. I'm not dissing street skaters or anything. This just happens to be what I was told, and that's why they got. I think from the gravity games as well, they got taken out first because there was street skaters doing gang signs on the street course and smoking on the camera. Um, a certain you know, go do that afterwards. Mm. You go do that afterwards. I mean, street skaters, in, as a whole, we're a bit younger than the vert skaters, so that's that's always going to cause a few more issues. But um, just as a, as a sport in general, they just didn't want us. And Arlo hung in there the, as long as he could. And I think he, I think um, so. There was a big ESPN meeting, big X Games meeting with all the big heads from all sports. And they were showing this, like, uh, a promo video of the previous X Games, right? Yeah. And they were like, oh, look at this, amazing skateboarding, amazing bike. Remember that? There was not one clip of rollerblading. And the only suggestion of rollerblading, the only mention of rollerblading was, you know what, we're going to use a rollerblader to film all the stuff on the street course because it's the best way to use a camera.
0: Yep. Right? Yeah. That's smooth it. smooth that's, rolling travelling cam. Yeah. That's
1: how that's how we got mentioned in this meeting and Arlo walked out and the head guy out spoke to him after. I can't remember exactly how this all went, but you know Arlo stood up for us in the sense that we're not having that. Why the hell did you not mention us at all? Or show any you know, we got guys doing double backflips on a vert ramp, we got guys doing cork nine hundreds on, on, on the street. What, why there was not one piece of footage of, of, of skating at all. And so, you know, that that was Arlo defending our sport where no one else would. And, that, you know, the, the relationship ended. We were pretty much done anyway, so it wasn't Arlo's. It had nothing to do with Arlo. Probably Arlo kept us in there a year or yeah. two longer than we should have. So uh, yeah. And so that was a combination
0: of some people spoiling reputation but also industry decline and just kind of viewing statistics. In- These are big corporate questions. They're, they're, that's what they're asking, right? They're going, well, what gets the views? What gets the sponsors, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm not like I said, I'm not taking the digger street skaters or vert skaters or mm. park skaters or anything like that. It was a sport as a whole. It was too young. It blew up too fast. It came down quick. The people in charge of our sport unfortunately hadn't been there before. I'm not talking about Arlo. I'm talking about the business people, the corporate people in our sport, the people running. They, they. Some people were in it for a quick buck and took off. Some people didn't have our best interests at heart. Some people just didn't know what to do. And we just went up and disappeared, and that was it. And we didn't have as much power in the boardroom as skateboarders and bike riders and all the rest. So, yeah, it was – not uh, definitely not Arlo's fault, and that really pisses me off when I hear shit like that. Because if if they knew how much of his life he put into skating, um, they'd probably think differently. His whole family was involved. His mum Vicky, like the sweetest lady, thought she thought every skater was her son.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, they opened up the Eisenberg Skate, skate park, park, and
0: they'd hold events and big money prizes,
1: and you know so.
0: So you really want to say, look, if, if you reckon you could have done better, you, good luck to you. Jump in the DeLorean, go back in time, and good luck, good luck to you. No, nah, good, yeah. good, good luck to you. Honestly, yeah.
1: like um, – Type about it all it, you
0: like after it's happened and from the safety of your own kind of bedroom. But um, yeah. yeah, look yeah.
1: where it is now. Look, Well, let's just look at where it is now, right? You got guys like Joe Atkinson who can't make a living off skating, and they're all crying out now because – Oh, why don't we, we – we should be on ESPN and we should – you know what they were saying back in the day? We don't need ESPN. Why are we on ESPN? They suck. They don't like us or, the, you know, whatever. They're commercial.
0: Yep.
1: Okay. Well, okay. Well, they're commercial, but they were paying all the bills, to be honest, and they were putting everybody's name out there. They were one yep. of the most powerful sources. We, had, we didn't have social media back then.
0: Yep.
1: So ESPN was massive, and it was worldwide. And like I told you, the the, the X games in ninety five and ninety six were played at the same time as the Stanley Cup, which is the hockey finals, and we got more viewers than the hockey finals. Ice hockey. That's massive. Yeah, Yeah, the ice hockey, that's massive. And so now you've got your underground now, but now you don't have money. So what do you want? You need a bit of you need a good balance. You need that that good underground subculture, but you need to have the sponsors surfing can't survive without the sponsors yeah they can't you take billabong you take whatever who's paying for the guys to go everywhere who's paying for the guys to set up the events and put people in hotels a lot goes into an event like even the little event that scotty ran the other day it's a pain in the ass <laughs> it's not easy it's not easy so imagine you set up i know because i've done them hey, a quick so little ad- if anyone's up, listening
0: to this i think scott's still got some leftover t-shirts so you can even just help the cash flow for him and Bill putting a yeah, on by buys, buying buys a t shirt. Buy the shirt. Get in touch with Skater HQ or Scott Crawford and buy the shirt so that he's not paying for shirts that didn't sell. That's dumb. Yeah. I'll tell you why I'll tell yeah.
1: you why that shirt's special, because Scotty's son Scotty says he helped design it, but I think the son did all the work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Tom Fry printed the shirts, and it was for a historic little event. So get yeah. the rest of the shirts that are left over; they're cool shirts.
0: Yeah, they are. And, and but, like, um, Tom Fry, like with his hands, with a squeegee, through a screen printed. It wasn't sent. He didn't click send off to like a, a kind of t shirt company dot com dot Proper printing. Proper printing. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: So yeah, you need sponsors, yeah. unfortunately. You need sponsors. If you want to make a living, if you don't want to make a living from skating, then do it as a hobby and enjoy yourself and do your videos. Awesome. But if you want to make a living and travel, you have to, you have to to compromise. The sponsors are going to pay you, but in return, you're going to have to do some things you might not want to do. Sit there, sign autographs for two hours, maybe not, you know, swear or smoke in front of the camera. Maybe, you know, just act a little bit professional, be a role model. And this is, Unfortunately, what people didn't understand back in the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so what about then the other criticism that comes? And again, what do people need to understand about, about the reality of skating for a decade um, and then getting to the end of, of all those things and not – like people say, <coughs> oh, everyone should have done what Julio's done stay in the sport the entire, time, or Scott Crawford, you know, largely, although he even had some time out, didn't he? You know, stay in the sport uh, year after year after year after year after year. And anyone who doesn't do that has betrayed us. You know, Arlo hasn't, hasn't done what Julio's done, therefore he's betrayed the sport. Cesar uh, yeah, uh, hasn't done maybe. what Julio's done, therefore he's, you know, that, 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 again, keyboard warrior says that kind of thing. What's, what's your word to that? What do people need to understand?
1: Well, maybe Arlo needed to afford to pay rent and put food in his mouth, so he needed to work. Yeah. Because there's no money in skating, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, you just can't, especially if you're living out of America. America's got the most opportunities. So if you're living in Australia, it's very hard to, to – I was, I was making, uh, I think, the one competition at the end of the year, the Planet, the Extreme Games, that's the only competition I ever made money from in Australia. And because of our population, you can't really start a company and live off it's very hard to live off something here in Australia. Yeah. Where in America, it's all the opportunities and all that. So, people that that when once skating died, they had to work. Yeah, people people have to. How many skaters are there now? You got Nell Martin, Marco Desanti, Ryan Dawes, Andre Inglehart – I mean, um, Mark Inglehart. They're in the circus. Yeah, they're in they're in Cirque du Soleil. Katie Ketchum. they they're making good money in the circus. They had to do that. In yep. Cirque du Soleil in Vegas. You got other guys. Tom Fry had to work. I have to work. Scotty has to work. We all have to work because what are you do? Well, I'm just going to go skate every day? How are you going to live? You know, John Julio, fortunately, he he, he um, got in with, I think, with Rossi's and with yeah. Barlow. And, and this was a natural progression to go on to them skates. And it, luckily, for now, it looks like it's working out for him. Big risk. But what if it didn't? Hmm. what if it
0: didn't? What if it failed? What if, what if for, what's he going to do? He has to go work. And if six people had done what Julio had done, they couldn't have all pulled it off. Like, if, you know, everyone we reckon should have done what he'd done, had done what he'd done. Then the, the economy's not big enough to carry all of them, is it? That's the... No,
1: and yeah. he came, like I said, he came, first of all, because he was with Rosies, and from Rosies they did Valo, and then yeah. from Valo he learned the structure of everything and went on to them skates. You can't just, I couldn't just pick up and say, "Oh, no, am just going to make a skate company."
0: It's and there very again, there's, there's personality there too. Hey, like there's you, there's your partner if you've got one, there's your family, there's your health, mm-hmm. there's your back, you know, like inherit, like the inheritances you might have gotten from your grandparents. There's all these factors, health issues. None of these things do we know about as we look in and throw stones from the outside. Um, you know, to go like that person. Pulled it off partly because of their personality, partly because their partner, partly because where they live, partly a million factors make that possible. It's not just that they're the only core, authentic person, and someone else might have, you know, know what's going on in their personal life and other factors that have uh, affected what they have and haven't done. And even as Scott Crawford said once on one of the episodes we did, he just goes, As well, when you, uh, as I'm sure you know too, right, when you perform at that level and travel at that intensity, after a while, You're you right, just but- get weary.
1: Yeah, you're over it honestly i can i can i'm not going to name names but i can tell you pro skaters that said they were hate they hated skating towards the end of it it's hard to compete day week in week out be at a certain level provide for expectations um maybe sponsors aren't there you got to fly yourself around you have family you got to keep going back to whatever it's it's not easy and the traveling just the traveling itself it sounds glamorous and all that, but it's –
0: oh, here we go, another – Non-stop another, work trip, really, isn't it? Like in you know, a uh, picture.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, yeah another, another 4 o'clock get up to get the taxi to the airport to check in for two, three hours because after nine eleven the check-ins were a nightmare. Mm. Um get on a, two flights to go here, get there, get there, get there at night. I haven't eaten properly all day. Oh, my, my skates didn't come. They're going to come tomorrow morning on the next plane. Um, i got to get up, got to find out where the, where the ramp is, go skate, you know, not feeling so well, you know. Get on another plane two days later, go somewhere else. Just the plane, it's just the travel itself, it wears you down. Mm. As much as you you, you think it's amazing, it, it really wears you down. How many times you've been on holidays and you've come back, you'd be like, geez, I need a holiday just from from the from holiday, the, yeah, <laughs> from the holiday. You know, because yeah. you're not stable. There's no, you're not in one place. That's why a lot of the pros used to go to Woodward Camp, uh, Camp Woodward, um, for you know a couple of weeks just to just to chill out, skate, get some new tricks in, or just you know recharge yeah it's 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 not easy and i'm sure a lot of these guys that are saying you know you how can you not skate or how can, why did you live they're probably at home living with their parents not paying rent not paying for food not taking care of family you know it's easy it's easy to say when you're at home it's easy to get out and skate every day and then you got to have the love for it like i said it, it just wears you down sometimes and I've got more love for skating now than I did the last couple of years I skated. I was over it. Neil Martin would be like, come on, let's go, let's session. He would force me to go session.
0: Hmm.
1: Where a few years before that, I didn't need anyone to session. I was sessioning by myself four hours a day because I loved it. I had that inner, that inner push. Hmm. Once you lose that inner push and all that, then it's dangerous because you're for, you forcing yourself to do it, and that's when injuries come, and that's when you, you know, you're not doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, so when it become when it becomes a when it feels like a chore, that's when you got to like rethink everything. And that for me, towards the end, because of injuries, because of the state of the whole, the economy of the sport, and it, it just it just became a chore to me, and I was just over it.
0: That's good, man. Hey, um before we wrap up, you might have some other things you want to say, but um, just going back to Arlo, we've talked a lot about him, his contribution to the sport at this other level, and I think that's so good to have that on record and people keep saying that we owe a lot to him. But um, uh, from your perspective looking in at him as a as a street skater and as a vert skater, what did you what did you like about his style, his approach? What do you think he brought to the, you know, the creative and athletic side of um, the actual skating itself.
1: He didn't give a crap, <laughs> right? He just did what he thought was what he wanted, and as a street skater, he was fierce. I mean, there's there's iconic photos of him. His style had this real
0: stance, a- real power stance on those. Like he made the front look, sides and back sides look so um, uh, dynamic. I reckon
1: he's a he's like when I, he's a weird looking guy. He's not very tall. Um, he had a shaved head the first X Games I met him and he's got like a short, strong legs and like a, he's got a bit of an ass and then he's got a, <laughs> a, 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 no, I'm serious, he's got a curve to his spine so his, little, his belly kind of pops out. It's an odd-looking character and but he's he's got a lot of power to his skating, like you said, even when he skated vert. He was a good vert skater. I don't think people a lot of people realize that. He was a really good vert skater. He'd compete every now and then. And he'd do pretty well. I mean, if you fell, he'd beat you it was pretty good but just this like the hoax and mad beef yep like when he came out then it was just like what the hell everyone like he just recharged the whole industry like there's every now and then like chris edwards did it you know he did it every now and then there's a video that comes out every couple of years or whatever it just recharges the industry yeah it's just like wow what the hell that's next level that's crazy and then everyone just So he doesn't have to be the best, but he was the most influential.
0: Yeah, I mean, Brian Shima was a bit that a little later on as well, wasn't he? And um, Brian Aragon, some of those guys, just doing everything so much three times faster than anything that happened beforehand.
1: So so, so Brian Aragon, for example, better skater, better skater than Arlo was. Yeah, Much smoother, beautiful skater. But no one brought the personality or the attitude that Arlo brought. Yeah, No one. And that's the that. Sometimes that's more that's as important as to, as skill, is the influence that you bring to the sport. Same with Chris Edwards. Chris Edwards for me will always be the god. He started like amazing. People took him over. People overtook. He wasn't the best competition skater. People overtook him on vert, skill wise, but his influence on the sport and what he's done, yep. is you can't compare. You can't compare. That's why I think that's also as important as being good you know you can be the best skater but just be that's what happened with vert a little bit when um the japanese brothers for example started becoming the best yep there was no because of the english barrier because of their their quiet personalities there was no strong personalities at the front of Vert. you know what i mean Mm. and that 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 can be detrimental as well um so you needed people like arlo that that had that personality, but he also took care of, he was also involved in all the videos. He was involved in, 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 in the production of the wheels of the bags of the shirts at Senate. He did all the designs for them, I think. Yeah. yeah. So he, he was, he was, he, he had his hands in so much with skating. He didn't just rock up and compete and go home. Hmm his job was never done. He's he was constantly and he was always with the media and then he was broadcasting. So he was doing doing a lot of things.
0: Yeah, pouring a lot in. Yeah, it's just understanding that's all part of the um yeah, that's all part of the the, the ecosystem of a really healthy sport, any sport. Um yeah. you know, and so people, you know, whatever, the people who've sort of built futsal over the last 50, 60 years, they've done that systematically, figured out, you know, basketball over the last sort of 150 years, you know, that they've gone, well what do you do? How do you get your claws into a nation, and into schools, and into communities, and into the television. You got to do all those things if you want to be there in the long haul.
1: Look, I think there's a photo. There's a this sums this sums Arlo up. I think there, there was a photo. Uh, can't, I, look, because I, I stepped away from skating for a few years, I kind of missed a little bit in between. But he went somewhere to some event, and there was like thirty, forty people that had that were dressed like Arlo. <laughs> <laughs> they were dressed like Arlo. I think it was from the hoax, or Matt, when he had that hair and the mm. whatever. They all dressed like that. they all had the wigs, and they all had the dress like Arlo. And there's a photo of Arlo now, like as he looks now, standing next to all these guys that were dressed as him back in the day. That's that's there's no bigger there's no bigger compliment or flattery Super tight t-shirt respect. and massive clown pants. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's ultimate respect, I think. Yeah. And I think when I when I heard about that, people were talking shit on, I was just, what, why?
0: Yeah.
1: I was shocked. I mean, it doesn't surprise me in this day and age, but I was still shocked because, yeah, they they don't know what he did. I I don't know what he fully did for the sport, you know. Yeah. But you could, he's someone you could disagree with. Like me and him didn't see eye to eye on everything. Mm. We could disagree on it, but there was always respect between us. Yeah. There was never any harsh feelings. There was never any, no, he was, he, he he would like to discuss know your opinion and discuss it, take it on board, and and then, you know, so.
0: And you mentioned the competition skater thing, and I think that's the thing as well, isn't it? There's um, the competition skating is a skill all its own, right? But then there's there's the kind of if you like the exhibition skater or the person who gets the magazine shot or the the video couple of video runs that. Um, you know, may not necessarily be able to lace it together reliably every time at the right amplitude for competition, but um, those one or two tricks they may well do, and then stop after each of them. Still, are just um, champagne on their own, right? Yeah, definitely.
1: There's, I mean, you got your competition skaters, and you know, that's that's a whole skill in itself. Like you said, it's 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 a discipline, and you got to do a minute, whatever it is on the vert, whatever it is on the street. Um, work out your lines, finish your run, keep you know week in week out whatever. Then you got guys that are brilliant on. I remember lots of guys were brilliant on street, but they just couldn't. Like John Hulier, let's pick John Julia because that's what we we're talking about before. Mm. He he wasn't a great competition skater at all. Yep. But some of his sections and videos, some of his skating on its own, street skating is yep. amazing. And there was a lot of top street skaters. They just didn't flow on a street course because of maybe transitions, maybe where they lived. Mm. They never had a lot of transitions. It was more just stairs, rails, roads, whatever. So they're some of the best skaters on rails and all that, and they get to a transition, and they were quite awkward. They just didn't get it. And so with Australian skaters, because they skated everything, they were good on street courses because they skated mini, they skated vert, they skated street. Yep. So they could skate everything. And then you've got to learn how to put a line together. You've got to be smart. Like Aaron Feinberg, Blake Dennis, these guys are putting lines together, like on a street course that just – you have to be a bit smarter than the normal guy. And then you do – for the prelims, you've got to do a certain run, maybe a 360 here, a soul grind there, whatever there. Yep. But in the finals, that 360 now becomes a 720. That soul grind now becomes a 360 to soul grind, whatever. You know what I mean? You up yep. the difficulty of every trick, and there's few, only few skaters that could pull that stuff off. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's another skill in itself. And then you know your you nerves. Are you a nervous person? Yeah. Um, you know, like some runners quit running because they didn't like the anticipation of the gun firing. <laughs> so so some skaters like I, I was always nervous when I skated, and then sometimes TV would be like, okay. We're taking a break. TV break now. Let's hold for two minutes. I'm like, shit, I was ready to go. And now now I have to hold my nerves and I can't go on the ramp. I can't do anything. I just have to wait. So there's all these things as well. But um, that's why videos were so good back in the day because it gave these street skaters who didn't perform well in competitions a chance to shine, a chance to get sponsored, magazines as well, a chance to get sponsored because they were doing sections in videos that were crazy that were insane, like Dustin Latimer, for example. Ugh. I'm not sure. Sh- I think he did pretty good on street competitions, but what a beast in, in real street. Like, oh, man, yeah. He, he, he was smooth, beautiful style, but also fast. Yep. And, you know, so for street, for magazines, for street And, sessions, and then what and he videos, was
0: able to do when he evolved into a very kind of creative, so I'm not sure if you've seen some of his more um, kind of uh, later stuff where he really sort of took things in a very kind of, creative almost parkour sort of direction um you know whether that would even work on a street course or be paid at all in a competition but that was in terms of evolution of what's possible on on skates was um yeah I amazing.
1: Mean, and, and yeah. he's a good he's a good example and there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of skaters that were good like that were brilliant like that on rails but they just if it wasn't for magazines or videos they wouldn't have had their time to shine as well and get sponsored and have an opportunity to be i mean like a few of the names i mentioned before like b harden b smith rollinson these guys weren't the best but they just had personality and they were good on videos and they promoted the sport and they got people into the sport yep you know and that's that's important that's why i always say to people like i've had kids say to me oh you know sorry i don't skate vert but I got into skating because I saw you skating or whatever, but I skate street now. I'm like, that's fine. That's perfect. If you can watch me and get into skating and then go skate street, who cares how you got into it? Totally. I got into it from watching vert, but I did street first, but I just found vert was more my thing. There's a lot of skaters that have gotten into um, skating because they saw the X games, but they're all street skaters and that's fine. As long as you get into it, it doesn't matter how you get into it. You, you, find, you find what you're good at and what you like to do and you just stick with it. Some people just want to ride bowls. Some people want to just only ride street courses because they just like the smoothness of the transitions and all that. That's fine. Just find your, what you like and do it.
0: Absolutely. Man, I think we've got some good stuff here. Thanks again for your time.
1: No problem, Mikey. How's your um, How's your airs going? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I'm getting I'm getting there, man. Are you saying it? I'm getting a lot more stable and getting the hang of the postures and the, the practicing all of that off the bowl so I can really bring it back when I'm onto the bowl. But uh, uh, yeah, getting there. I'm, I'm sort of fiddling around <laughs> with doing some 360s and alley oops and stuff lower down as well, and and trying to get my um my inverts up on the up on the vert as well. I I need to carve out further. I keep kind of getting up and then sort of just dangling upside down and sliding down on my knees. So I think I need to swing mm. around a little bit further on those. Um, but with the airs, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I think I've got the balance and all that feeling really comfortable. I, I just still can't quite imagine how I then get so much higher as I want to go. I can't picture how that happens. I, I trust it just comes. but uh, mm.
1: It's a natural progression. Once you get comfortable at a certain height, you keep going. That's why I'm saying don't worry about the height now. Get the mm. technique, get the get the grab, the the the, the proper form, mm. and then once you have that, then you can go up. But if you have if you don't have that and you go up, it's going to be a worse. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. And don't forget, you're in a bowl. That's not that's not easy. That's harder than riding a a proper
0: vert. So you're doing all right. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as you've learned, it's not easy. It takes time. Absolutely. But it's, it's great fun. And it was nice skating with one of the Melbourne skate, well, a couple of, I mean, a lot of them were just doing kind of grinds around on the, the lip of the thing. But there was a guy from Melbourne, Lance Weggs, who was um boosting up. It was just nice having in my home bowl, seeing someone boosting up four foot to my one or two foot and just seeing it, do you know what I mean? Like seeing it in person in your own... Local is that um, yeah. was the same thing skating with Ian in Canberra back in December. Just like watching someone in the flesh and skating with them, they go, then you go, then you know. It, I don't know that that's you can't quite get that on you know video in anywhere near the same way. So, so no, I mean, that's
1: the that, that's the camaraderie and that's the the brothership um, or sistership mm-hmm. that you you have in skating yeah. when you can set when you can session with people and you encourage each other. And it's a friendly competition to get better, and it's a good feel, it's a good vibe. It's because yeah. you know you're in the shit together. This yeah. stuff's not, it's not easy. You, you're going to get hurt if something goes wrong. So you're in it together, and you help each other out, and you, you know, you pull each other out of, you help each other progress, and that's a good, it's a good feeling. It's hard to skate on your own.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it's it's really fantastic having you know I mean in the flesh as well as on the Instagram stuff just having people pointing things out and just because you don't see that and you can skate for hours in bad way <laughs> in bad ways and so sort to of have someone go oh stop doing that that's a bad habit get out of that habit that's not going to help you um, hmm. that is such a gift because it just spe- it, it's it's fast forward in terms of development from you know so yeah really appreciate your input and and um, and and everyone, yeah, it's great. And uh, yeah, vert skating is really good fun. So if, if people out there who who haven't bothered to do it, it's really worth really worth having that as part of what you give a give a go at for sure.
1: Well, look, once my once this injury clears up a bit, and I, I'm going to put my skates on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a roll and see how my hip goes. Um, if I can go okay, I'll do little um, little vids and I'll send send them your way. Oh, I'd love little, that. Little learning vids, little simple ABC uh-huh. videos just to, for your technique.
0: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a <laughs> great day.
1: No worries. Thanks, Mikey. Catch us, Bye. Mad Bye.
0: Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch, theme music by Edifice Architect. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher and get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Mad Beef is supported by Skater HQ. You can find them online at skaterhq.com.au. We are also supported by our growing number of Patreon patrons. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon, even just $2 a month. Every little bit helps.